When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Coach Steve Show, where today we're going to discuss the Illinois Final Line men's basketball team. They're on a three-game win streak after beating Michigan State on Saturday, 75-66. to They're on a three-game winning streak in the Big Ten after that big debacle versus Missouri and that debacle versus Northwestern. They have made some strides to become better as they get ready to play Minnesota tomorrow. Um, we're going to talk about what has changed for the Illinois Final Line men's basketball team, why they're on this three-game win streak. And I still don't hear anybody talking about Brad Underwood and all the haters towards him. So we're going to talk about where have they all disappeared to. Uh, these guys, I thought he couldn't coach, but we'll end the show with that. So welcome in. Good morning. Um, like and subscribe to YouTube channel. Follow and rate on Apple and iTunes. Leave a comment in the comment section down below. Check out all the affiliates in the description below as well. Uh, check out all the other episodes. Biggest thing is like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, so Saturday, the Illini men's basketball team faced off against Michigan State. Ended up getting the big win, 75-66. to They are now on a three-game winning streak. Um, puts Illinois now 3-3 three and three in the Big Ten. After being 0-3 in the Big Ten, um, after competing and you know having the share of the regular season, with Wisconsin also winning the Big Ten tournament the year before. So they're back to 3-3 three and three in the conference. They are two games back out of first place. Purdue is 5-1 and one in conference. They are 16-1 overall. Illinois is 12-5 and five overall. Versus Michigan State, we'll just discuss that game, discuss kind of all mixed together as to why this seems to be happening. Um, the biggest thing against Michigan State that I saw was, of course, Danger, because he was the leading scorer with 20 points. He played a lot better, played a much bigger role in this game than he did in their last game, um, just from a scoring perspective. But he also rebounded the heck out of the ball with seven rebounds um, and two blocks, and we'll get to Mayer and his blocks 
DJ just had this presence down low of getting the rebound, and his post moves are very shifty. So I think one of the biggest things there was um, Danger was a big threat on offense, especially in the second half. Uh, Michigan State just had no answer, uh, and they couldn't stop him. They couldn't go after him, and he's pretty quick. They compare him to Kofi Coburn, and I think the difference between him and Kofi, Kofi's more powerful. Kofi is more... Um, I think he's a better shooter in that mid-range because he was working on that for his NBA draft status. But I think Danger has some of the best post moves you're going to find, especially being such a young player with experience-wise young player. Um, that was the big difference there. And then Shannon Carter had his presence made in the very first half. He has been on a tear recently. During this winning streak and during Michigan State's game, he had 17 points, and I think he had 15 points in the first half, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he kind of does everything for Illinois, absolutely everything. He ends up getting five rebounds and assists, a steal, only one foul, and he was hot at the beginning of the game. And then the Michigan State kind of put the clamps on him. <clears throat> but one adjustment you've seen is, well, you put the clamps on him, somebody else is going to step up. Uh, Matthew Mayer, ever since... After Missouri and the uh, Beth McCookman game, I think Mayer has turned a corner. He and Brad Underwood have had some type of conversation or these assistant coaches conversation. People thought he was checked out. People thought he maybe didn't want to be here. He has just turned it around. There's games where he hasn't scored much, but he's played a lot better defense. And there's games like this one against Michigan State where he has played a lot better. Um, he ends up with 19 points. The biggest stat line that's going to jump out is six blocks and he was asked about and he said Coleman Hawkins is one of the best shot blockers um, and he just watched how he blocked shots he had six blocks he ends up with three rebounds as well being a guard or I guess he's a forward but he plays guard he's always out in the three-point line um, those the combination of those three was a huge difference on offense for Illinois versus Michigan State Coleman Hawkins ended up getting nine points um, he he also had a block himself with eight rebounds, two assists. Um, his length and presence on the court is just a lot for people to overcome on the defense side of the ball. Because that's something I don't think people realize is how lengthy and tall Illinois actually is. And that bothered Michigan State. Now, Michigan State did play well. I thought they played very tough. They were able to drive into the lane on Illinois, which made Brett Underwood very frustrated. Um, Hauser for them had 11 points. Hogard had 20 points. Walker had 14 points. Um, but everybody else struggled to score for them. They uh, play tough. That's what it comes down to. Um, the stats for the Michigan State game was Illinois shot 45% from the field. They were 6 of 18 from 3, only 33%. Um, Michigan State did not hit a three-pointer. They were 0 for 7. Um, free throws, Illinois finally started to shoot free throws well. They were 15 of 18. Um, 83%. They had 30 rebounds compared to Michigan State's 42 rebounds. Uh, da, 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 da. But that's because Illinois took way more. You know, they were shooting more threes and allowed them to get those rebounds. Had 11 assists for Illinois, four steals for Illinois, 10 total blocks for Illinois. I believe they lead. I know they lead the Big Ten in blocks. I think they might lead um, the NCAA in blocks. Um, Illinois only turned the ball over five times. And the things that we're going to talk about are what has made Illinois a much better team. Turnovers have been a problem uh, versus Michigan State. This obviously was not a problem with only five. And this is why when even Michigan State was up, 
Michigan State turned the ball over to give Illinois chances. They turned it over nine times. Illinois not turning the ball over is huge, especially when you're dealing with a young aged team and a young experience-wise team. It's huge. And they did not foul much. They had 11 fouls compared to 18 for Michigan State. Um, The largest lead for Michigan State was nine. Largest for Illinois was nine. Another difference I saw in Illinois on the defensive side is how just – this is going to lead into what has changed. And you saw it against Michigan State. Illinois was a switching defensive team. Up until, I believe, Missouri, they were switching. Beth McCookman, you saw them not switch. And it's just ever since that moment, they have not switched on defense. And we talked about before, when you switch on defense, it depends on what type of switching you're doing. Do you switch everything? Do you only switch screens? Do you only switch dribble handoffs? It just depends. Illinois was switching pretty much everything from watching them play. And when you do that, you sag off your defender because you want to give space for your defender to switch. You want to give them an opportunity to jump out there. This makes you less aggressive because your now default setting is, I'm going to sag off this guy and give some space. And ever since the Missouri game where everything started to bite them and Coach Underwood said, okay, we have to make some changes. I have to change how I coach. I have to change. They changed how they dressed as coaches. They changed everything. And then that happened with Northwestern, where you saw they weren't switching. And every fan wanted to freak out, especially Illinois. Now, I was one of them saying, how are we doing this against Northwestern? We have all this talent. What is going on? But then you start looking at it, and if you think about it from a coach perspective, when you're playing a defense one way in the offseason and your practices and you're in a game and you're playing it one way and then immediately you're practicing a different way, go out on a big stage, Northwestern's playing better, you, you decide to stop switching. Well, this makes you play aggressive. So you're in a foul because you're not used to it. If you've been doing it, it's called muscle memory and mental memory where, okay, we've been switching, so this is how we're going to play. There's bumps in the road when you decide to go back to what you were doing. Now, I'm not saying they never practice not switching. I never said that they'd stop switching everything up until that moment. But when you're used to it, this is what's going to happen. And I think as fans, you have to realize that. You're just watching a game as a fan. You may not notice that if you watch it as a coach and kind of see what they're doing or if it's your job as a media person to see what they're doing. There's bumps in the road when you decide to stop switching. And this allowed Northwestern to um, get some shots off. It allowed Northwestern to shoot all of those free throws that they had because now you're playing aggressive, but you're not playing under control aggressive if that makes sense to people. And what I mean by that is you play aggressive, you understand how to move. It's muscle memory. Your hands are out. You're not fouling them. You're hitting them with your chest instead of your arms and your hands. When you decide to switch that against Northwestern, that's what's going to happen when Northwestern shot 40 free throws, and they made 32 of them because Illinois was fouling left and right. They had 29 fouls, so think about it. When they stopped switching and now they're playing more aggressive fighting through screens. They're playing more aggressive of trying to block shots because they're not switching. This is what happens. You start to foul more because you're getting aggressive. But then you have time from the Northwestern game to the Wisconsin game to practice it some more. You get to Wisconsin, and it starts clicking. And what it starts clicking is the defense starts picking up the aggressiveness. They start to figure it out. Then what starts happening is it leads to the offensive side which we're going to talk about here in just a second. But the defense, you've noticed, they stop switching as much. There are situations they do uh, just because of who you're playing, the game plan. But then you start playing against Wisconsin, who we're still not switching. We're still playing that 
man to man. We went from 29,000 hour down to 21, or excuse me, we were 29,000. Illinois only fouled 14 times versus Wisconsin. So they started to figure out that man-to-man defense, the rotation, the length, the athleticism of Illinois is starting to bother people. So then you continue on down their schedule, like we talked about. We do post try to do as much post-game as we can. Then they get to Nebraska. They still aren't switching defense. They're still playing man-to-man defense. And Illinois' fouls were back to 21. So pretty similar. And then we just talked about versus Michigan State – where you only have 11 fouls. So it's piece by piece. Now, this isn't all it is to be consistent. There's times Illinois is going to have 20 fouls, they're going to have 18 fouls. Everybody in the country does. Michigan State, 18 fouls, which is a very disciplined defensive team. So that man-to-man defense is starting to find its footing. They're not switching. They're playing really aggressive. They're boxing out. Um, they're pressuring the ball. So that is all slowly starting to come together. So that's one big change we've seen. Another big change we have seen is how they're going about offense. Um, you're seeing them, instead of being so much five wide, I call it like a 2-1-2 because that's how you can combat against a zone defense. But you're seeing – you're seeing. well, the first thing I guess I should start with is on offense, because they're not switching, because they're pressuring, they're able to get the force-up shots, they're able to make the other team uncomfortable, they're able to get the long rebound, and they push and go. They're able to pressure and maybe get a steal – and then turn around and go in uh, full court. Illinois is very athletic, very lengthy, and they're very good at full court um, fast breaks. That's what they talked about with Texas game, the UCLA game. But when they switch everything, they allow these slips, they allow these makes by the other team, it slows them down. Now they're forced to play this half court game, which they weren't comfortable with for most of the game of the season because they were trying to use athleticism. They were trying to push the push the envelope they were trying to go and try to get a quick shot off well then what started to happen was you're 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 rushing everything they're such a young team if they turn the ball over in this fast break they start to doubt themselves because you're dealing with a kid that just played in high school you're dealing with transfers that have never played with these guys before and never played for coach underwood so we don't understand and that was the other thing with fans is we have to understand People want to say this isn't a young team. Other college coaches deal with this. Absolutely other college coaches deal with this. But Coach Underwood is building this team like he did with Io, with Kofi Coburn. He's getting some transfers in, not a lot, and he wants to recruit, and he wants to build this up and build this thing so where it's just a well-oiled machine. This is a totally different team than he's ever had, so he's had to figure out how to coach it. He's had to figure out how to get to these guys. And so you notice on offense now, they still do that. They, they still try to push the fast break. But then you had to hope they got confidence shooting the ball. And Wisconsin, they started to get some confidence shooting the ball. Northwest, uh, Nebraska, they started to get some confidence. And then Michigan State. So when you get confident from your defense, it gets you confident on offense, and that's what we've seen. Then what we, another thing we've seen on offense is now they're running – a lot they can handle half court because of the confidence they are having, because of the fun they're having, because they know how they can play on defense. They can run some half court stuff. You've seen some set shot stuff. You've seen, I don't know if he wants to call it motion, but every basketball team from high school to college, to, and I guess NBA, you have one or two things that you can just come down and run over and over. And off of those things, you have different opportunities to drive to the basket, get a shot, anything. We have those opportunities if you run 
your quote-unquote motion offense. And you've seen Illinois' motion offense. They have 2-1-2 two, two set, you know, Coleman Hawkins in the middle. You have Danger in the middle. Um, they can pass him. They cut off of that. Uh, the point guard can pass over here. He cuts over. Now you've got three guys on one side. We get a high ball screen. He can attack the basket. We can roll. Those other guys can set a down screen to roll up and as the pick and roll. Like So you have all these different options to get something off of your motion game. And that wasn't something we saw all the time from Illinois up until the Beth McCookman game and then a little bit of Northwestern, but then it really started to emerge against Wisconsin. And so you're seeing the players start to come together. So however Coach Underwood has changed practice, how he's ever changed talking to them, um, if they're starting to get some leadership from a Shannon Carter, from a mayor, um, from a Coleman Hawkins, is something happening? Because we had all these talks about what's going on in the locker room, what's going on with this leadership or lack thereof. And something has clicked. And now they're starting to, to find a little groove. It's starting to play the way we all thought they would. They're, you know, they're, they're one of the most athletic teams in the country. And it's finally starting to click, which we all hoped it would. But we were just all hoping it would have clicked already. We wouldn't have lost some of these games we don't think we should have lost. But we have to understand and really accept the fact of how young they were, experience, and age-wise. Something else that happened, and people think that this was the main factor, from the locker room disputes. Sky Clark, you know, he left the team before the Wisconsin game. And I know Tom Izzo made a comment saying it was an addition by subtraction because he leaves and now all of a sudden they're playing well. Um, Brad Underwood kind of didn't like that statement, and I'm paraphrasing, saying that it was it was an addition by subtraction. Um, we're here for Sky Clark, you know, and we would love to welcome him back. He said it just meant that other guys were playing more minutes. Kind of alluded to that. I don't think losing Sky Clark was an addition by subtraction because if he wasn't playing well, Coach Underwood wasn't going to play him. Uh, but it makes you wonder what was going on in the locker room. Was he? part of the problem then he leaves and it's more positive um i don't know was coleman hawkins worried about his draft status was shannon carter worried about it shannon carter's to me turned into the leader uh he's gonna look like he's getting more vocal he's a leader by uh his actions so i don't think it was sky clark i just think this allows hey instead of Usually this guy right now is playing 30-some minutes. Well, he's only playing 20-some because you get Sky Clark in. Like, the, the rotation's different. I have no clue. It's very easy to say that. If they would have lost versus Wisconsin, that conversation wouldn't be happening. But if Sky Clark was the issue in the locker room, I don't think Underwood would keep publicly talking about how he's got, this guy can come back and he, he wants him to come back. Or is he just – I don't know. We're not going to put words in any of these players' mouths or Coach Underwood's mouth. Um, the biggest change has been, I think, the defense. The two biggest things you're going to see is the more aggressive defense that we're playing and the confidence in shooting the ball. You can tell every time they shoot it, they think that it's going to go in. Even if they miss it, they're, they're confident enough to come back down and do it. Then they're confident in their offense on how to move. They're making the extra passes now. They're really attacking the rim. All those things have just somehow it's flipped a switch where it's all starting to click now. Um, Mayor talked about Coach Underwood and saying, you know, he's very aggressive. Or not aggressive, sorry. He's very compact. Uh, he's very vocal. He wears his heart on his sleeve. I'm paraphrasing, but he, he talks about 
how he coaches and it's very out there and he's made adjustments to really get them into position to do these things and so it seems like everything's going okay some things that we're still seeing that i know coach underwood would would address is sometimes when we get up on teams you saw against all three of these teams wisconsin nebraska michigan state and michigan state actually came back to be ahead it seems illinois stays very content at times when they're up when they get up on a team instead of i'm not saying they're you know they're oh it's win by 55 against this team if they could they could maybe but they're not always pushing this they're not always doing this it just seems like when they get up they kind of get away from what was getting them there so there are still those times where they're standing on offense. And that happens with every team. They're going to stand there. They're going to watch. They get stagnant. That happens with Illinois. You see them on defense not rotating as much. You see them all of a sudden kind of go back when things start to go wrong. So if a team starts coming back because Illinois has allowed them to, they might switch. And then Coach Underwood's yelling, "Why are you?" I'm not saying he is, but why are you switching? We're not switching no more. Um, oh, we're not rotating as good. Uh, you saw the one where Coleman Hawkins, the guy had the ball. He was there. Then he backed off because the guy right behind him makes, makes an easy layup. Stuff like that starts happening. Um, we're giving up offensive rebounds. And the biggest thing is just coming down offense and standing, or instead of making that extra pass, we're going to force up this three. So those things are still happening. But what you're seeing is you saw it a lot against Wisconsin. You saw it less against Nebraska, even though Nebraska got the game back within 10, then Illinois turned it right back on. Michigan State, you saw it a little bit less. We just started missing shots, and Michigan State started making shots. So the thing that you ha- we have to understand is as a team, it's you have to learn how to win and then expect to win and then maintaining the winning. The last two years, Illinois was learning how to win and then – Right during COVID, they were learning how to win, then they were expect to winning, then how to manage the winning and maintain it, which they did. This year when you're dealing with a young team, there's still that standard of expect to win, so they expect to win every game, but then it's maintaining how to win and keep that there. And it's slowly getting better each game. But that's some of the concerns you're still seeing. Michigan State's a good team. So Michigan State was up on Illinois at one point for a little bit. Minnesota has beaten you know, some teams, so when we play Minnesota, we can't afford it. But once we play Indiana, Ohio State, we get back to playing Wisconsin. Later on, when we have to play Penn State again, uh, at the very end of the year when we have to play Purdue, when you get up on a team, Illinois just has to learn, like, hey, we can't force the issue. Why are we changing what was working? We're not switching on defense, so that's the plus we were rotating very well we were sprinting we were pushing the ball we were making the extra pass for the better shot so when Illinois gets up on a team they have to to really learn how to not accept that to you know I always say foot on throat mentality Um, I guess a better way to say it is all gas no brakes and so that's the part of the youth that shows when that stuff happens and that's why you see Coach Underwood get really upset when that stuff happens because why are we now starting to kind of do our own thing? Why are we not trusting and running through our motion offense? Why are we now all of a sudden 
taking these extra risks on defense and putting guys in bad spots and not rotating or just standing and watching. And then on offense, why are we going one-on-one and nobody's moving and nobody's trying anything? Why are we not giving it to Danger down low when he has 15 points at the time? Those are the type of things that are happening. You're seeing it less and less. But what's going to happen if Illinois gets down by 15? Are they going to stiffen up and go back to what they were doing when we should have beat Northwestern, when we were doing those things against uh, Missouri, when we lost to Maryland, uh, Virginia, like those type of things? Are we going to go back to doing that? Um, I don't think so. I think it's getting better and better, especially when we start seeing the same teams again. They're going to have a familiarity with each other. Um, but Indiana will be tough later on. Ohio State, Wisconsin's going to have something for Illinois because they're going to have that revenge factor. Then when they go to Iowa, and I hate Iowa, and so hopefully that gets it turned. You know, they continue that as well. But those are the biggest changes you're seeing for Illinois. You kind of saw it during Beth uh, Bethune-Cookman a little bit, and then kind of disappeared during Northwestern, and then just has now started to click, and this is what we've been expecting from Illinois. We saw it against UCLA. We saw it against Texas. Um, we saw glimpses of it versus Maryland. We saw very mild glimpse of it versus Penn State, but this is exactly what Illinois is supposed to be looking like and just continuing, um, but continue to have the leadership, continue to make the extra pass, have confidence shooting, no more switching on defense. It's finally starting to do all of that things for Illinois. The biggest thing that makes me laugh is Penn State game is when we kind of started to see people coming out of the woodwork against Underwood talking about he's got to change how he coaches, which he kind of did. We started to see, oh, he can't coach this young team when he just won the regular season Big Ten title with Wisconsin, you know, tied with Wisconsin. We won the Big Ten tournament and during COVID I firmly believe Illinois would have won the Big Ten tournament then Missouri is when everybody came out of the woodwork well other coaches deal with young teams uh so he's got he just put me in I literally got in a debate with somebody and I said why don't you go coach the team and they said they could which made me laugh I would love to see one of these Poindexter media guys that type go out and coach something that they've never done before and put them in that setting at college basketball and see how they coach because they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't know how to talk to these kids. They wouldn't know how to run a motion offense and what this happens. It makes me laugh. They were going after Coach Underwood. It's so funny how Coach Underwood has brought so much Illinois and we still have Illinois fans and we still have these media guys talk so much crap about him this year when we're sitting at 12 and 5 it's not like we haven't won a game uh they talk about how he's a mediocre average coach even though he's won the big 10 well that's because of the talent you have to coach the talent there buddy um especially in college basketball so these guys that work for these champagne or band of media guys or these sports websites and they talk about coach underwood then the best is oh here comes another brett underwood tantrum when he calls a timeout and is coaching them and yelling what has gone on with this towards coach underwood maybe because they say it's because he hasn't won a lot in the NCAA tournament there's tons of basketball coaches that haven't done that tons of them doesn't make him a bad coach He's getting Illinois back there. He's gotten Illinois to this national stage where people are now talking about Illinois more. So I'm going to take that as when they're talking about Underwood, when they're talking about Illinois, Illinois has made it back to the national talking light. 
but they're talking so much crap about Coach Underwood, how he can't coach, these tantrums. This tells me they've never been coached that way or they've never coached in their life. And they they look at these other guys that have won these championships and they say, well, look, with it. if you watch those guys that have won championships, they're doing exactly what Coach Underwood's doing. So, But it's funny. You, you have all this hate after the Missouri game. Then Bethman-Cookman, they disappear. Then Northwestern, they come right out of the woodwork. And that's when I get in more debates with people about it, saying, why don't you go coach them? And they said, oh, they could coach better than him, blah, 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 blah. And this is coming from people that write for sports websites or the media. It literally was coming from them. But they disappeared against Wisconsin. They disappeared versus Nebraska. They came back out a little bit yesterday versus Michigan State. They were like, oh, here comes another Brad Underwood tantrum. And, oh, P.I. technical because he's a big baby and he throws a fit. You have just never been in that situation. Sometimes, as a coach, you need to be that. You need to be the calm person. But you have to have a feel for what's going on. And then may, and you have to call a timeout. You have to get that technical. You have to coach loudly quote-unquote, and get after it. But these people that write for media and, you know, all this stuff on Twitter, they don't understand coaching. They don't understand how they're supposed to do that. That's his job. If it's getting lackadaisical, he's been that calm uh, voice, but it doesn't go that way. Coaches, we wear many different hats. We have many different personalities. We have to be able to get those personalities out. We have to, quote-unquote, yell or coach loudly. We have to be that positive person. Maybe sometimes we have to be that quote-unquote negative thing, that negative person to build it back up to the positivity or, as I call it, telling them the truth, uh, the harsh reality truth that those guys don't want to hear. So it's just real funny how they disappeared for Wisconsin and Nebraska, but then these guys come out of the woodwork again versus Michigan State talking about Coach Underwood. Like, if you're not careful, I don't think he cares too much about what a lot of those uh, Twitter trolls say. But Illinois fans, I'm telling you, if we keep you guys keep complaining about this and keep pushing this and he keeps seeing this, there's going to come a point where maybe he doesn't feel the love and he'll go. And the thing is, the best one I saw was there's 75 other coaches out there that can do what he does. And I said, name them. Name all 75 coaches out there that can do exactly what he's doing. And I want the proof behind it as to why you think that they can do what he does. And they had no answer for me because people just, they say things to try to be heard. They say things without knowing what they're talking about. So Coach Underwood, keep doing your thing. I would say 95%, 90%, if not more than that, are behind you and what he's doing for Illinois. The rest of them are just trolls and they just, they had a taste of winning and now we think we're Duke or we're Kentucky. We think we're these the bad boys and we think we're up there now and so that's just it is what it is but that's a lot of changes that Illinois has made and it's working out for them like I said the schedule does not get any easier you know with Minnesota Indiana and Ohio State coming up um, Minnesota tomorrow they will uh, be playing tomorrow at Minnesota uh, Minnesota will try to do a post game one after that but Minnesota is not going to be a terrible team their schedule has not been the best. They're seven and eight right now. But what has happened is they've 
um, played tough against some teams, but then they've upset Ohio State the other day, 70-67. to 67. So having that confidence there to play Illinois, but if Illinois comes out and does their thing, they should be just fine. Now I know what some people are thinking, well, they, they suck. Like You never can underestimate somebody in the Big Ten, and they have to come out all gas, no breaks versus them. So that way when they play Indiana, who is a tough team, we have the confidence to play them, especially then Ohio State right after going to Wisconsin. So it's not going to get any easier. So if they continue to do what they're doing and things continue to click and they keep playing their defense and their offense, they will be just fine. Um, that will wrap up this episode for Illinois men's basketball update. They're on a three-game win streak. Um, thanks, for everybody, for watching or listening. Like and subscribe. Um, follow at Coach underscore Steve72 on Twitter and Coach Steve Show on Twitter. Um, leave a comment, comment section down below. Uh, follow Ray on Apple and iTunes. Um, it helps the podcast out tremendously when that happens. But the big thing is like and subscribe. Check out all the affiliates in the description below. Um, Thank you guys again for watching and or listening. This is Coach Steve, and we will see you guys next time.